0: Welcome everybody to uh, our Halloween special edition here, and uh, I'm sitting here on a gloomy Pittsburgh autumn October day with horror legend himself.
1: Introduce yourself, sir. Hi, I'm Tom Atkins, icon of the horror genre. That's right. <laughs> you heard it here
0: first, freaks. Thanks for doing this, Tom. It really means a lot to me. And I'm no, sure it's a pleasure, be- Zach. I'm happy to be here, man. Oh, man, it is. Thank you. Um, so that being said, horror icon, I wanted to talk a little bit about your uh, humble beginnings here in Pittsburgh and kind of how you started as a stage actor and now you're a,
1: a legend really in the horror realm. And I did have humble beginnings here in Pittsburgh, I was thinking of that this morning, but yeah. writing a, a melancholy on this melancholy day in the neighborhood emailed to Mary Rawson, a dear friend of mine who's a teacher and instructor and, um, uh, on uh, theater and camera down at uh, Point Park University. And Mary and I went to uh, Duquesne University together and got to know each other through the Red Masters at Duquesne. My dad worked at j and I grew up in Pittsburgh, it's my hometown, Not born and raised here. And uh, he worked on J&O Steel and uh, three uh, siblings, two sisters and a brother, poor Dickie, he's dead 20 years now. But I got out of Carrick High School in the 50s, went to the Navy, got out of the Navy and went to Duquesne to, uh, uh, and I'll tell you, um, I'm just going to babble for a while. That's cool. We got time. (laughs) So I went to Duquesne um, because I was in the Navy. I was an enlisted man. I was in a destroyer for two years out of Newport, Rhode Island, Uh, a wonderful uh, city and town and real Navy town back then from uh, 58 through 60 on the Rush. USS William R. Rush, DDR714. And but when I was at Carrick, I took shorthand and typing and bookkeeping and stuff like that. Cool. And so when I got on board the Rush, uh, they put you chipping and painting. And I knew I wasn't going to like that for two years. So I went to the boats and make Uh, my boss, kind of, and I said, uh, no offense, but um, I think this isn't for me. How do I uh, find something better? He said, what can you do? I said, well, I could type, I could take shorthand, I could do bookkeeping, I could stuff like that. And he said, well, go over there to ship's office and see if they have uh, room for anybody. And I did, and I got in there, and that's what I did for two years. So the executive officer, I used to have to go to captain's mass and take notes and stuff for the proceedings and for any kind of big meetings they had among the officers. I was the guy taking the notes. And the exec near the end of my time on the rush said, we'd love to have you. You're a great sailor. We'd love to have you stay in. Why don't you reenlist, make a career out of it? And I said, well... I would, but you guys live a lot bet- better than I do. I'm up forward with 52 other guys in racks that are three high, sleeping and uh, all crammed up. You guys are in prettier uniforms, and you get served your meals in the wardrobe. And so I need to be an officer, or I'm not going to re like and the only way to do that is to go to school, so I'm getting out and I'm going to go somewhere to college. Cool. So I did. I went to Duquesne. Awesome. So you stayed yeah. local. And then, but then I quickly gave up on the idea of going back into the Navy because Duquesne was way too much fun and Gamma Phi fraternity was way too much fun. That's right. And I spent five years and two summers getting a four-year Bachelor of Arts degree majoring in journalism. But I was chasing a girl, dating a girl. She was involved with the Red Maskers, extracurricular theater group at Duquesne. Right. And I, thought, I said to her numerous times, I'm not getting my fair share of your time. You're always over here at the theater and rehearsing or perform." And she said, come over and do something. And we'll have more time together. I mean, what bigger motivation than a girl, right? That Current was it. Yeah, 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 that's it. That was, uh, that was that. I know the feeling. And I yeah. went over and <laughs> fell in love with the theater and saw less and less of her and um, did some really nice roles. Sam Melly ran the theater group. He was a great mentor to me, and I did uh, Stanley and Streetcar Named Desire and. Some other really good uh, Russian roles, Chekhov to Gagnev, and, and, and a lot of Soroyan.
0: You really took a liking to the acting? Does what? It, do you, why do you think you took a liking to the acting so much? I have no idea. You just naturally. Just no idea. I'm glad you found it, glad it worked uh, out.
1: I just did. The first, the first play I did was Soroyan's The Time of Your Life. It was a wonderful, moody, Lovely, lovely play with about forty people in it—a whole bundle of people. I think uh, Jimmy Cagney made it; might have done the film. Interesting. When it was, you know, in yeah. the thir- late forties, I guess, early for- somewhere in the forties, and uh, yeah, I I just loved it. I played uh, the a cop. I have a picture. Somebody, somebody took it and sent it to me just a couple of years ago. Uh, Sam's wife, Sam Mellie, who died long since, um, Mary Alice McClancy. She took. Uh, uh, she sent me a photo that Sam had kept uh, me in the cop uniform at Duquesne University. The first of many cops that I played. I was going to say you have in a my life with the law enforcement of acting, right?
0: Yeah, that's
1: pretty cool. And I. Got out of Duquesne and had a job at the paper and knew I could work at the paper, but I thought i 'm going to go to New York and see if I can make a living at this and I went to New York, and I do make a living at this, and I have for fifty years worked out very well for you worked out great that 's awesome man I was and, uh, lucky, but you said something so to good don't... and
0: right yeah that's great, man and uh I went to see the uh, Halloween 3 Q&A you did about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, thanks for coming down to that. That was cool, man. Uh, and you said something during that Q&A that I thought was really cool. Uh, I think somebody asked you uh, why you decided to be an actor, why you decided to, uh, to go forward with it. And you said, I was too naive to think it didn't work, it wouldn't work. Absolutely true. And I, think I went to New beautiful. York
1: and it never occurred to me that it wouldn't work out. That's the best. But I did things. at the same time think... I'll go here for five years, and mm. if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to the Berg and work for the PG or the Press. Uh, what uh, interests you in of. Or maybe WTAE, TV news anchor or something. I, I don't know. Right. But well, I, I th- thought I would give it five years, but never. <laughs> I always thought it would work,
0: and it worked. That's how the best things work, man. Don't have a plan B, just do it, right? And you it's do. Kind of serendipitous. That's you know? that's great, man. And, yeah. um, what uh so from there in uh New York is that when you started in your television career you
1: were in in TV a lot in the city I did correct? I did a TV thing. <laughs> I did a TV thing in New York yeah. I did a movie in New York and I did uh, some plays in New York uh, but it was mainly theater I went to the American Academy when I got out yeah. of Duquesne went up there for a year they had a program you start in January, go for one straight year and you get out in February the following February. And I uh, did Othello the Shakespeare. Cleavon playing. Little playing Iago. Awesome. So, so I was probably awesome. one of the last That begs the question white did guys you a blackface? That makes blackface you <laughs> oh, know war because I was a moor. Okay. Yeah. And um Interesting. He uh, was a wonderful character to play, and, and Iago was a wonderful character to play, and Cleavon Little, he was the sheriff in Blazing Saddles. He and I had a great time together doing that, and um, we were young. We, we weren't sure what the hell we were doing, but we were yeah. both really good, and, and it worked out nice. I'm sure it was fun. and We sure. got agents out of it. What was it like in New York at that time, being an actor? It was wonderful. Well, it was wonderful for me. I don't know what it was like for everybody else. But for me, it was wonderful. And for Cleveland, I I know it was wonderful. And uh, um, Danny DeVito was uh, not in our class. He had gone to the Academy the year before. I know for him it was wonderful. He he started um, getting going pretty quick. But he used to come back to the academy and hang out in the green room. We would chat a little That's bit. Cool. So it was mainly theater in New York. It was theater, and um, the um, this is how naive I was. There these. Uh, the Academy showcased their productions. Uh, Robert Redford had gone there just a f- couple of years before. Um, Spencer Tracy had gone there years before Jason Robards. Um, so they showcase them. They invite producers, directors, casting agents, agents mm-hmm. and all kind of people to their productions. So um, John Harvey, old actor. Now an agent then in 66 uh, said uh, him and his wife, I can't remember her name, Joan something, John and Joan, nice. but I can't remember. And she was an actress, uh, actor. actor, but now they're agents, they have an agency and they came up to me after witness for the prosecution that I did the, uh, and, and said, uh, we'd like to represent you, be your agent. And I said, yeah, sure, get me a job and you could be my agent. And they said, oh, well, it doesn't work like that. We could get you the audition. It's up to you to get the job. And then we'll negotiate a contract for you with the uh, producers. Okay. And uh, I said, okay. And then they sent me out for a thing called Keep It in the Family, a play that was going to appear on Broadway with uh, Patrick McNee and Moreno Sullivan and a bunch of other younger Karen Black and a bunch of younger yeah. actors like me. And uh, I got the part. So well, that was it, the rest right out the of, of the shoot awesome. on Broadway. There you go. Bang. Atkins on Broadway. And off Broadway in four days because it closed. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it closed right away. Okay. Yeah, we went up to Boston to try it out. It got great reviews. It was a little kitchen table play, and I played The Boy Next Door, courting McNee and Marina Sullivan's daughter. Yeah. and. Uh, And uh, yeah, we came came in, oh my God, I'll never forget. Uh, We tried it out in Boston, then we came down to New Haven, tried it out in New Haven, then we came into New York and opened on a Sunday, I think. Oh, weird, I think on a Sunday, somehow, because it was only four days, and and, uh, on uh, Monday, uh, the notice went up on the dark day, and Thursday we were closed. We, you still we, had to run, that's all that matters. And I had to move—I uh, didn't have an apartment. I gave up my apartment when I—well, yeah. I, I was subletting. I, I didn't have an apartment of my own. I subletted the whole time I was in New York, pretty much.
0: I think that's how a lot of people are when they're in New York.
1: Well, they're that's, gonna go out that's of- what I did then. Good, man. And, uh, yeah. So, so I moved like in, in with uh, Cleveland a Little for a while. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was down one. on Houston Street. There? Oh, I was he just there. Yeah, okay. he had a little apartment down there. But but it was possible in the 60s to be young and have no money and somehow, well, that's not entirely true. I had some money. I had a job taking one ads at the at the New York Times and I had. Uh, as soon as i got out of the academy i started working but it was it was somehow e- easier to, to live in new york than and rents were you know 250 was a lot uh, for me wow yeah i mean, you could you could certainly get a, a big wanky danky kind of thing but sure but there were apartments that were available for 250 300 a month yeah, now that's like that times 10. But studios,
0: I mean, yep, for sure.
1: yeah, they well, weren't um, two bedrooms or anything.
0: Whatever, but... man. When you're trying to make it and you're there, that's all that matters. Yeah. It's the spirit yeah. that keeps you
1: going, man. Yeah. So, uh, so that was the 60s, primarily in New York, that stage. I was, yeah. And, okay. uh, and um, I went into The Unknown Soldier and His Wife after that on Broadway. And then I, I got my agent called and said, um, by this time, a couple of years later, maybe, no, only a year later, because it's 67, but it was Susan yeah. Smith, who was my agent then, and she said, you have an audition for a film, the detective, Frank Sinatra. Uh, okay, great. Just go to the Sherry Netherland Hotel up in the East 50s or somewhere in the 60s. It's uh, meet the assistant, then you'll meet the director, and you'll audition for the part of Harmon, this rookie cop who shoots a guy in a car and sets off a race riot in New York because you thought he was going for a gun, but he was going for his license in the glove box. All right. So, heavy roll. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but the past was and, uh, well, I don't care if I might have told this story, I'm going to tell it again. Yeah. That's so good. I went to Sherry Netherland there's this assistant in the hall at, on the floor I'm supposed to go to. I had the sides, the scene that I'm going to audition for, and uh, he said, are you Tom Atkins? I I am. And then I wondered, where the hell is everybody else? It's only him and me. And he said, uh, come right in here and you meet uh, Gordon Douglas, which I did, the director of the film. He's in a room. Um, and we chat for a while and he says, what have you been doing? <laughs> I said, just got out of the American Academy. Had a couple of plays on Broadway that didn't last long. And um, no, and here I am. And then he said, all right. And I said, so um, I'm going to read with you, the assistant. And he said, no. He walked out. Douglas gets up and goes over and knocks on the door, an adjoining door, and in walks Frank Sinatra. Wow. And that's who I auditioned with. Was that your first so, audition for like a, a yeah. film? Yeah, was with Frank. My Sinatra? first audition for my first film was with Frank Sinatra. There you go. That's... And at the end of it, and it went well. At the end of it, <laughs> he uh, kind of hit me, it slapped, it, it just touched me on the shoulder, and yeah. said, "Good job, kid," and I walked out. The same to where he came in, and Gordon Douglas said, "Well, you got the part." I mean I, I, the way though. he. Yeah. It's yours. I said, great, that's great, wonderful. And uh, he said, he said, I just have one question. When, you, when we actually, when we shoot the scene, can you be as nervous as you were now? I said, yeah, yeah, God, yeah, that's easy. You Better can be can- It's right to an entrepreneur. He said, And he said, it's right that you are nervous because he's the chief of detectives, and you're just a a rookie cop in uniform, and you set off a whole race riot in New York, and he could fire you right now in this scene at the end of it. You say, yeah, that was my intention going in. So... So that
0: I do I give you a boost of confidence that uh, Frank Sinatra gave you the old thumbs up on your first ever audition and,
1: yeah. and it, I, you know, I don't know that it really that I even thought about it it just that's cool man I that uh, seems right seems fair that you, <laughs> you earned it. that's, been, that's yeah. great man.
0: so from there, how did you get your break into the the horror realm that we we know you from uh? I think.
1: From oh, I said I was in New York eight years, and I yeah. went up to. Um, I spent six of the eight years, kind of between uh, commuting, sort of, uh, not really, yeah, commuting between uh, New York and New Haven, where I, I worked for six seasons at the Long Wharf Theater in New Haven. So you're still doing And in the too. summers. Williamstown summer theater okay so I uh, over the years I've worked ten summers at Williamstown six at the Long Wharf and in 74 I got tired of not having enough money to be able to buy the house I was renting mm-hmm. or having a dying vw in the driveway and a true artist. So I went to LA to make money, a true artist, dude. and and that worked. There you go. Is how you it's got like everything produce. else in my it just, just worked out. Yeah. It's meant to be. But here's how serendipitous that was. I All didn't right. really move to LA planning to move to LA. Okay. I went to do <laughs> <laughs> I went to do Thanks. Fat Jack Falstaff in Henry IV, One and Two, at oh, the wow. Goodman Theater, directed by William Woodman of the Goodman in Chicago, on the pier. And we did that in. It's pretty good. March, February, March, something like yeah, that. 74, yeah, Shark 74, dance. and um, while I was there, I got a call from Jamie, the lighting guy at uh, Long War Theater who was subletting the shack that I rented on Cozy Beach Avenue in East Haven <laughs> outside of New Haven across the street from Long Island Sound, okay. and he said, Tom, Huh. And I can't remember his girlfriend's name. We just got a call from uh the landlord. He's selling the shack. Oh no. Really? And he said, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah." I said, "When?" Uh, like in the spring maybe? No, right now. We have to we have to get out him and his girlfriend. You're they fine. had to get out. And uh he said, "What do you want done with your stuff?" <laughs> I said, "Well, the furniture is all his. Yeah. So um, uh, I guess just box up whatever there you think I might want uh, to save. The fi- my fishing rods definitely uh, save them in the, in the box, and." Uh, and anything else, posters on the wall or things, and uh, take them over to Alfie Rocco. and he says, "Oh yeah, Alfie." And could, I used to go fishing with Alfie all the time, and we would have dinner over his house a lot. Good stuff. Uh, him and his wife Uta from Germany. He brought her back in the army. Anyway, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so they took this to stuff, and I called my a- agent Susan Smith. It gotcha. said, look, um, I don't know that I want to come back to New York. I don't have an apartment there anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a shack. It's gone. It's sold. And she said, I'm opening an office in LA. Come to LA. There you go. I said, OK. I'm already in Chicago. I'll drive the rest of the way. All the way, yeah. So (laughs) so, here's the best part of this story. I love this story. It's a good story. (laughs) The serendipitousness of it all. I um, left Chicago. Two friends of mine, Len Carregoo, who you can see every Friday on Blue Bloods, he's the grandpa, And Chuck Chiaffi, another pal who, uh, he's still around. He's alive, but I don't see him much anymore. He lives in LA. Um, Len was doing Lear at uh, Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis. And Chuck was in the play with him. And I thought, well. I don't have any rush to get to LA, I'm going to go up, I'll take the long way. It's the spring, I went up to the Guthrie to visit them. Like the second day of the journey, I didn't get very far the first day, Um, into the Dells in Wisconsin, and then the second day I went up to uh, uh, the Guthrie. I walk into the reception area of the rehearsal hall. There's a guy at a desk, a guy like you Perfect. sitting behind a desk. On the desk is the book he's reading and a phone. And I said, I'm here to visit with uh, Len Carriou and Chuck I know they're involved in Leary. He Said, Yeah, they're in rehearsal right now, but they'll be taking a break in about 10 minutes. So just have a seat over there. And I said, okay, and I did, and I sat down, and I'm reading a theater magazine or something, and the phone on his desk rings, and he's And he says, you're Tom Atkins, right? To me, I yes, it's for you. So I go over, and I say hello, and it's Susan Smith, my agent, who is in L.A just, you know, opening an office, and oh. she, she says, I knew you'd go to the Guthrie to visit Chuck and Len, because <laughs> they were her clients also. Uh, good, good agent. And she said, here's the thing. Don't come to L.A. Go to San Francisco. ACT wants you to do Lepaquin in Cherry Orchard, which you have already done. I said, yeah, twice in other productions, other places. And uh, she said, um, Dana Elkar got a part in a movie. He can't do they're already It's already a production out there. So you're going to replace him because they're going to take their production to Hawaii and do it out there. I said, "Wow! I mean, I'm going to go do a part I've already done, so I know the words and everything. Or they'll come back in a minute, and and, uh, and then I'm going to Hawaii. Do I have to pay to do this?" Yeah. <laughs> and she said, "No, no, no! It's a, it's a job. Cool, man. And so that's awesome. Uh, that's it. that was it. then I Good I drove you. out to San Francisco and rehearsed with Bill Ball, and his gang for a while, and then went uh, down to. Uh Claremont College, I think in outside of LA, east of LA. Um, and did, uh, did a preview of it there. And then we went to Hawaii. It's really wonderful. It doesn't sound like a bad time. Oh my God, it was wonderful. Good no, for it you, was man. great. It was great. And I was only they took two shows. And I was only in Cherry Orchard. I wasn't in both. Uh, a lot of them were in both. So you had less work? And so more fun? I had more time off. More fun. I yeah. flew over to Hilo, the big island. Great. Rented a car, drove around to Kona, went deep sea fishing, caught a Wahoo. Nice. Yeah, really true. big. Yeah. It had my yeah. picture taken where they gave the Wahoo to the Captain, oh man, it was wonderful. Uh, saw some black sand beaches. It's a cool space it was out really there. great, really great. Do you feel like you're starting to make it at this point? Like you feel like,
0: yeah, we're- I don't we're a, know. Like just, uh, just, it never occurred to me that I wasn't you ever- just roll with things. I was always mean,
1: making it. Is that just how you are, you just roll with things? My dad worked at JNL Steel. Okay. If I was making a living, like he made a living right. to support his mom, his wife, and four kids, and a dog, and a cat. I was making a living, and I was able to pay my bills and pay my rent and Keep find places to live and buy gas for a car. That's, uh, it was it's uh, it. it was all a job to me. It was. Making living. Well, was it? it was it fun too? Like did you? Oh my, did you yeah. You, you seem like you have a lot
0: of fun, man. I do have that, a lot of fun. That's really refreshing. I, I've had a lot of fun all my life doing this. That's really Truly. refreshing, man. <laughs> True. Yeah. So does it still feel
1: like work to you now, or can it, or do you do well, you not know, let that happen? You know, early early on, I did it, doing plays at that and that at, at the Long Wharf. I I. There, there was something in me as, as a new actor that I, I felt more responsible for too much. Mm-hmm. I thought, if, if this isn't a good production or it gets bad reviews, it's somehow my fault. Okay. And then I quickly got, okay. got over that and, sure. and thought, hell, with it. I'm just going to have fun. Yeah. It ain't my fault. If this production sucks, it ain't me. They're paying you to say what they wrote. That's right. Right? If if the reviewers don't like it, who the hell are they anyway? Exactly. What do I care what their opinion is? As long as the audience comes and seems to have a really good time, that's all that matters to me. But in New York, Mm -hmm. reviewers are important and they could kill Right, we we closed in four days the first show I was in, especially on Broadway, right? I think a lot of people uh,
0: I took some theater arts classes in high school and stuff, and uh, even from just a little bit of experience of that, I don't think people realize how hard that actually is to act on Broadway. And you know, it's long hours, night after night, you got to remember all your stuff.
1: I think that's why I felt. Yeah, somehow responsible for more right. of the success or failure of the show than than was really, a, it was an unrealistic um, uh, acceptance of some kind of onus that wasn't on me. Right, not yeah. that it just comes from being young, too, yeah. and then you grew up and realize yeah. what the yeah. hell, right? Yeah, I was still young, but not as young as a lot of people start. Got right? it, got it. I had been in the Navy, and I, you know, and I drank a lot at <laughs> Duquesne. Took me five years, Most of us to get out of there. It's all right. So well, I, I'm... I was in my twenties.
0: That's cool, man. In my high twenties. When, uh, so when's the first big movie that you get for? Uh, was your first horror movie The Fog? The Fog. Yeah. Was uh, that was your first horror movie? Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, how'd that go? How'd meeting John Carpenter and getting that role.
1: You know, it just. He just invited me to do the role, and I think because he was as young as I was. Yeah, it was early in his career. Yeah, well, he was a, he's a little younger than I am, and he had done Halloween, mm-hmm. and that's about it. But it was a big, huge smash. Yeah, and still he was is. dating his um, Deborah Hill, right? No, 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 no. No, he was, he and Deborah were old friends, and they were producers together on a lot of things. But he had started dating Adrian Barbeau, who mm. was a friend of mine from New York, and um, uh, because she and my um, first wife had been in Greece together. Oh okay on uh, Broadway. So we were pals, and then she said, I think this is getting serious with this uh, Carpenter guy, and I want you to meet him, and I want you to come see his new movie. And I went to the Directors Guild screening of Halloween, uh, the original, with Jamie Lee and the awesome. gang. What you think? And, think, huh? What would you think at the time of Halloween? Oh, I loved it. Did you? you I great. did, I did, I did. It was just... It's scary, scary, and I, I loved the wonderful uh, long tracking shot at the beginning with the kid going in the house and getting a knife and going there. Right, you know. right. It just went on forever. Continuous point of view shot. Was it was epic. It great. Yeah, yeah I, I loved that. It's still one of
0: the best uh, horror movies ever made, in my opinion, as the atmosphere and everything is beautiful.
1: I agree, but I think the best movie he ever made was Starman. So, yeah. with Bridges. And, uh, there you go. That and That's Karen awesome. Allen. Bridges was an alien. And
0: yeah, it's a great film. It
1: Was a wonderful, wonderful film, and uh, yeah, I, I thought John John was at his most human making that film. That's a good point. Than anything.
0: He doesn't get it enough. A lot of people don't talk. You about You really stars. cared
1: about the the two main characters. For sure. You know? Yeah, it's
0: a great movie.
1: Yeah. A lot of people don't talk about Starman like
0: that. It doesn't. I think it gets overshadowed by you know Halloween oh, and sure. the Escape from New York. Sure. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But uh, it's an important part of his filmography. Yeah,
1: but it's the same reason that I think um, um, I I love the movies that I made in the in the '80s and late '70s. Not not just because I was in them or that we, but because they they were also more human. Mm-hmm. They were horror movies and they were ghost stories and they were scary but you got to know the people in them and you got to root for them and hope that some of them might make it through to the other, to the end of the movie, uh, yeah. alive right. and uh, a lot of the ones today are they're, they're just gore for the sake of gore and I could care less right Very about them because I could care less about the people in them, it's all I, don't get the to know them. I don't care if they all die and absolutely it's just
0: yeah yeah the newer horror movies don't resonate with me as much either it's why I'm such a fan of the old stuff yeah you know they were it's good. all about the characters and you know
1: they were good old flicks
0: they're good old flicks and yeah. uh, they're made by people they're not overly computer animated and there's heart and there's character and there's soul to them that a lot of people
1: don't see. That's the truth. That's one of the uh, one of my memories. Anyway, I uh, I, I, I met John that night yeah. at, uh, at the thing. We had a real nice chat. Uh, him and me and Adrienne and Garn and uh, Jeannie, a couple other people, and then. Adrian and John got married and I went to their wedding. I can't remember if the if the Fog was prior to or after uh, the wedding. And anyway, he mm-hmm. just invited me to do the part of Nick Castle in the Fog. And um, the I'm forever grateful to him for doing that, but it, it, again, a kind of serendipitous right. you know, thing. I, I didn't have to audition for it. I didn't seek it out it just kind of came to me it's kind of just meant to be then right huh? it's kind of just meant to be then yeah
0: you know sure and then from there the horror legacy lives on from the fog right yeah and he started doing that was it. the beginning of that it. was the beginning yeah. of it yeah so what was after the
1: fog all day <laughs> all of them all day <laughs> no what was after the fog um was uh, it escape from new uh, york uh, maybe then... escape from new york yeah escape that from might new york. have been Next... Uh, Which seemed like a lot of fun. Halloween 3. Which is obviously Night a huge inspiration. Greeks.
0: Huge inspiration on me was Halloween 3. I've always loved that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's, it's an a good one. <laughs>
1: um, well, that's... Uh, see, in uh, The Fog, like you say, there, there wasn't any CGI back then during any of those. Yeah. Any of those movies. And uh, one, of the, one of my favorite memories is um, watching Tommy Lee Wallace who ran all the special effects as such as they were on The Fog and Halloween, the original Halloween. He, he grew up with John in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And then he went to one school somewhere, and John went to USC, I think. And then uh, they got together out in California again and started making movies. But watching Tommy Lee with two box bands, or maybe it was two, two fog, little fog machines, and a big box fan, trying to create fog that would let, look threatening, coming up this street yeah. in Northern California in Inverness or um, Bodega Bay or wherever the hell we were shooting this particular scene. And I thought, because every time it was something would get going, a little wisp of breeze would come off the bay and whew, it was gone. We, all night we were there. Trying to get that shot, put a lot of heart and soul and blood yeah, and yeah. sweat into this well, horror. That's a, that's the way you had to do. It was kind of by the seat of your pants and and
0: uh yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, horror well, business is tough business. It's a good memory.
1: That's yeah, man. You have a sharp memory. That's good cool. I have a wonderful you. memory for all that you know stuff. Went, I can't yeah. tell you what I ate yesterday, but I could. I got all that.
0: Well, yeah, hey man, we are a health and wellness company too, so I did want to ask you, like you seem like you're super sharp, your memory's on point, you're always, every time I see you at a convention or whatever, you're always energetic and you're, you know, you know you're know, you happy to be there, you're in the moment, you're just yeah. a real, real youthful, charismatic dude, man. So what do you do to, uh, you know, take care of yourself? Or have you just
1: always been like I this? drink good California red wine. There you go. So you're not six packs <laughs> or, of mother, like or oh. Oregon's Willamette Valley red wines. Yeah. Okay,
0: great for you. So yeah. that,
1: that's keeping it and, at bay there. I eat kale <laughs> and mangoes and uh, yeah. kale and mango salad uh, that I'm sure you're probably familiar with. Yep. And um, my wife, Janice and I participated in uh, Margaret's um, um, health, kind of thing at, at somebody's house yeah. over a period of weeks and she's great it, she is great and it really um it really uh, it changed my way of thinking about food and eating food and just what it does yeah. to you and how it mainly it made me stop eating a bag of Lay's potato chips Hey,
0: every afternoon <laughs> every afternoon <Here> we <laughs> just go. about
1: just about well, well yeah, it's so i working, don't do that
0: anymore well it's working keep it up man and <laughs> yeah. shout out to margaret because she's the reason why you're here she connected us and i work with her she, i know she's I amazing know. so i know thanks margaret and thanks for keeping you healthy and going man that's awesome but um i did want to ask you also about uh you know all these horror movies you're in and you know a lot of people that aren't horror fans might not know them, they might think they're cheesy and stupid or whatever, but there is such a cult following and like at these conventions you do, I mean, the ones that I've been to, that you've been at, there's a line out the door for people trying to get your autograph for three straight days. And I know. is that is that surreal to you? That this, this stuff yes. you did 30, 40 years ago? Yes. Yeah.
1: It is surreal to me. And they are devoted, the horror fans, and there are, we are. Uh, the, the same Six million of them, and they just keep. As they die off, they come in. Yeah. I don't know why new ones, young ones yeah. uh, get involved, but they do. Like you, right? And and kids that I meet at conventions, then I think, wow, why why, why would you get all keen on some seventy-nine or eighty? One, two, three, four, five movie, uh, you know, made that long ago, but right. but it lives on. The legacy lives on. They're good movies, on. and they and they um, they do live on. And you can connect with them as a child, and I
0: think that, that yeah. you plant those seeds, and that yeah. becomes one. So what you do is important, man. And you actually did end
1: up no, saving. no. What I do is not important. It is important. No, so. no, 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 no. The the those two ladies who did a spacewalk. They're important. Sure. What they do is important. NASA stuff like that. Sure. Engineers who can build airplanes that can fly a bunch of people to, from New York to Hawaii. New Zealand in um, 19 hours. And you know, the, yeah. they're I get it. You're humble too. But it's good. But, but young people. They are important. They are the future of all of us. Mm-hmm. That's you and my son and everybody like you guys and girls. Uh, you know that—that's uh, what matters. The that's youth of uh, this country. True. That's absolutely true. I agree with you, man. And. Uh, Get rid of the old white-haired guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, let, <laughs> let us go peacefully on our way. Boy, but not quiet into that no, good night. But. Never, sir. Yeah. Well, the movies
0: you made as a kid gave me a lot of hope and a lot of purpose. And, you know, being a misfit kid, that's why I do what I do now, try to bring health and wellness to the horror community. So yeah. I think what you do is important and inspiring. Although I understand your position that the NASA people might be more important, but what you do is good, man. And uh, we appreciate you and people like you, so just wanted to extend that gratitude to you and tell you thanks.
1: Sure. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks.
0: And, uh, you know, to build on that, that whole legacy thing, and people call you a horror legend now. I mean, you're, you are in my mind. And uh, Did you have any idea at the time when you were making Night of the Creeps or making Halloween 3? Like, could, did you ever, did the thought ever enter your mind? Hey. Maybe thirty years from now, I'm going to be sitting down with some weirdo like Zach, and we're going to be talking about it, or I'm going to be signing autographs. Or no, no, nah, not at all.
1: No, never, never, never. So, I bet, nope. that, I bet that's really cool. You it know? is. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, it never. They were always. Uh, they were good jobs, and if. I was always thankful for getting an offer, and uh, if I liked it, that was even an added bonus Mm -hmm. to, you know, that they were going to be paying me to do something that I really, this is a really good script, good story. Yeah, but it never, of course it never occurred to us that we were setting out to make a bad movie either, Right. but I never imagined that uh, Halloween 3 or Night of the Creeps would would develop into the great uh, horror icon, iconic kind of genre following that it has. Yeah, it's uh, all of them. They're all they're all out there, and yeah, people amazing. are really. Um, I I have a great array of photos from those old things on my uh table at conventions and yeah. and uh people you know oh oh my god yeah you were in that oh jeez. oh god creep show oh my oh right. yeah no kidding that was joe stephen king's actual son joe that played your son in that wow you know it's kind of stuff like that it's uh it's fun it's just great fun it is fun and man. i really enjoyed i love going to the conventions i love meeting the fans and schmoozing with them talking with them from seeing you there that's really true yeah i can really feel that you really do they're enjoy all it. they're all terrific they're they're really you might think you know that, oh right. my god horror movie fans they must be weird yeah but they're not nah, man. yeah we're just passionate
0: they're that's not weird, huh? We're just passionate about yeah. the things we love yeah. man you know, so uh-huh. jump with the opportunity to take a picture, and you're always so cool about that, and that's yeah. always cool to see man and uh I'm happy to do it. So what's next for you? What are you up
1: to now you still you still working? Still ah, having? so that's the thing. Ah. I was doing first i want, I want to tell you a little story about uh Johnny Cazale. all right. John has outplayed Fredo in the Godfather series. Sure. He was a dear friend, really good friend, in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. He died in 78 while I was uh, in Budapest making a, a movie <laughs> called The Ninth Configuration. William okay. Peter Blatty film. Not, I don't think it's a particularly good film. There are some passionate fans out there for it. But um, anyway, Johnny Cazal and I met at the Long Wharf Theater. And we were doing Iceman Cometh and he was playing Jimmy Tomorrow or Tommy Tomorrow or something like that and I was playing the day bartender Rocky or one (laughs) of those guys and it was um (laughs) oh he he was also in he uh, he also lived in the shack with me for a while okay him and his cat Max all white cat Max (laughs) We came in when, oh, God. The this, sounds He was just a great guy, <laughs> cool. Johnny Cazal, and I feel just so terrible that he died so young. It's a shame. And we had a wonderful time up there in New Haven, and he uh, he was doing uh, Revenger's Tragedy. So um, he's rehearsing Revenger's Tragedy. I wasn't in it. But we were performing Iceman at, you know, at night and afternoon matinees when we had So he's—I was over at the theater hanging up, and he saw me up in the audience. Uh, they're on the stage, so they're getting close to tech and opening. And um, he said, Tom, did you—you you saw that scene that we just did? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, I'm gonna try something totally different, completely different. Tell me what you think. Good. And Arvind said, okay, let's uh, do it again. And uh, he, come up, he come up after and he said, what do you think? Oh, great, John, great, yeah, I can see. Oh man, it was really, it was wonderful. Deeper or something, it was really great. He had done it exactly the way he had done it the the, the two minutes, you know, 10 minutes before then. But, oh, (laughs) delightful guy. That's funny, man. We we took a show over to, um, we took a show over to, um, uh, again, Mm -hmm. um, Longworth took two shows to the Edinburgh Festival in Scotland, and uh, Johnny was in, both of them, I think, I was only in one of them. Again, so I had extra time to wander. Scotland's not all that big a country, and you could see a lot of it on a on a one and a half day right. ride around. And uh, but we went. We had occasion because so we were there for two weeks to uh, they made tickets to the other events at the uh, Edinburgh Festival available to us. If we could go, we, they were there, free. And him and his girlfriend, me and my girlfriend, Arvin Brown and his wife, Joyce Ebert, he, they ran, he ran, he was the artistic director of the, uh, the theater. We went to see Mahler's Second Symphony, mm-hmm. by the New York, Philharmonic, I think, or or symphony, Bernstein, directing, went, and him and I are walking out at the end of it, crying, sobbing, just torrents of tears, and... <laughs> and we get out on the sidewalk and we embrace each other. And, and he said, "Why are you crying?" I said, "My dad. I'm thinking. Of, I don't know. For some reason, it made me think of my dad, who wasn't all that long ago okay. dead. He died in '67. This was about '71." Okay. And uh, he said, "Me too. Me too. My dad. I said the same thing." Wow. So we we were like forever bonded yeah. by an emotional connection to our father's death by Mahler's Second Symphony. Wow. And I always thought, something, there's something there, there is uh, something magic about that. It's the magic of the arts. Johnny, Johnny we had a, a routine, we would, uh, The the worst thing about New Haven was that the bars closed at 1 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes we did long plays. Iceman Cometh is a long play. Um, Long Day's Journey into Night is a long play. Both O'Neill, and Windy Bastard, he just can't talk enough. He got words out of his act. So uh, we we would race from curtain down, curtain call, straight over to the Crown Café, which was less than a mile from the theater. You had to drive there, though. Um, Piling to the uh, Crown Café, order a plate of pasta. Johnny always had um, a sh- shot of Dewar's and a, a beer back. But he would get two, you know, he would go in and he said, Couple of doers and a couple of steins, and they knew that, and yeah. they were ready when we went in. <laughs> and I would get uh, beer, I didn't do shooters. Good for so you. we would do that every night. Every night at one o'clock, a cop car would pull up across the street and look in at the bar and expect to see the bartender taking all the drinks off the bar and. Right and and kick us out. Then we would go to somebody's house and drink more and play music and I loved, I loved that life at at the theater. Oh my God, yeah, between between the Long Wharf and Williamstown, just all day, all night theater steeped in it. Sounds amazing. The fellowship of it and yeah. One night, we walked into the shack and Max was sitting there and he had a fish hook, obviously, in his mouth somewhere and the, the lead of it was coming out and he was just sitting there on the floor. <laughs> it's pretty Johnny, rock and roll, man. Johnny, without even thinking about it, said, hey, Max, what's fighting? Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> then we took it to the vet and
0: <laughs> I bet it was a lot of fun, man it was just witty and oh, you, know, it was, you know, that's pretty rock and great. roll, you know it was great it's like being in a band
1: yeah, it was great Johnny Casal, you know, he made five movies Okay. each one of which was nominated for best picture really? five
0: she's five for five
1: no yeah I will try and name them. All right. But um, Godfather 1 and 2. Okay. Boat, that's 2. Um, Dog Day Afternoon. Attica, Attica. Yeah. That with Pacino. 3. Maybe the conversation with um, Gene Hackman. Um, they were kind of in a truck for the whole movie, listening in on people's conversations and stuff. Classic stuff. And Deer Hunter. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. Classic cinema right there, man. Yeah. Sure, that's, yeah. that's yeah. real stuff. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Five that's... films, all of which, were nominated for Best Picture. That's a good piece of trivia He was right a there. great guy, a wonderful dear friend, and I was so sorry to see him go. And when he knew he was dying, he came out to. Um, he was out in L.A., and he, he I remember him coming, to my uh, the little house I rented in Toluca Lake with uh, Garn, right across the street from Dickie Dysart, another dear old actor friend, and his wife, and uh, John. Came for dinner, and we sat. I sat on the couch. He sat on the floor, watched TV, smoking cigars, cause it didn't matter. He he had the cancer right here, and they couldn't do anything about it. Like and his it. lung, where those lungs, anyway. Yeah. So we uh, had a cigar, a couple of drinks. I joined him in scotch um, good for the occasion, and, uh, and then he went away and that was the last time I ever saw her. That's a pretty good last time though. I got a message, my Garn, when I was talking to her while I was over in Budapest and she was at home in L.A. and hadn't come over yet and she said, some actress named Meryl Street <laughs> called you and said Johnny Cazale died. Oh, wow. And I said, oh. Yeah, and they had been; they were living together in New York. Wow! I, rem- I remember he called me in L.A. one day, and I wasn't home. And the machine answered, <laughs> and, and he left this message. He said, "Tom, Tom, Johnny is out. Jo- uh, Meryl, Meryl. I think it's a, uh, it's a goddamn machine. It's a machine, Meryl. Oh, Jesus." Well Tom, I don't know if you'll ever hear this. It's me, John, calling to say hi. Give me a holler. Cool. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I don't know. Merrill, should. Should I hang up or what oh god. He was so cute. That's cool, man. He's a cute guy. Sweet guy. You got a ton of good stories, brother. Yeah.
0: I bet that enriches your life you know, thinking about these things. And, you know, that's, that's unique. You have a unique does, perspective on
1: things like that. Some, somebody it. recently asked me, who, um, "Who, what actor would play you if there was a movie about your life? And I said, uh, first of all, there wouldn't be a movie about my life. And second of all, they're all dead. They're, right. uh, I don't know any. Uh, who, who, who would play uh, an old
0: fart like me? Who would play Dr. Chalice if they remade Halloween Three. I would play would Dr. Chalice. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. We need to bring back Dr. Chalice. There's still tons of hot nurses and six packs of Budweiser to run away with. You know? I know, I know.
1: Fred Decker, well, um, uh, what's her, Stacey Nelkin still looks exactly the way she looked when we made that movie. She, she looks oh, great. She's a literally you know, a few years older, but she is still a gorgeous woman. Absolutely. Yeah. And I often wondered what the hell kind of Dr. Chalice was. I, a man, really fun one to hang
0: out with. He had a wife,
1: nice-looking wife, two two sweet kids, and he runs off with this tomato yeah. chasing their father's
0: killer. Yeah, no, no yeah. questions was, asked, just grab some beer and hits the road. That's it. That's it, baby. It was important <laughs> to
1: have that six-pack with me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, Fred Decker, who wrote and directed Night of the Creeps, my favorite, he still uh, often talks of uh, uh, making a uh, Night of the Creeps 2 with all of us, with uh, me and uh, Jason Lively and Steve Marshall and Jill Whitlow, the three kids as I call them, but they're all, they're all they're in their 50s yeah. now. and. Uh, who? Anybody else? No, just Ken, the, Ken the four of us. Yeah, um,
0: there was the night of the crew. Was that the night of the creature union and flashback weekend in Chicago? Yeah, when you were working that. Yeah, yeah that, was, that great. was really cool to see. They were all there, right? That was. Yeah, they were I, all you, there. You,
1: you can still do it. We we're all there. What prevents that from happening? We had a wonderful time. That was a cool, yeah, that was a it's good show. It's so job. nice seeing them. What prevents it? Yeah, I money and politics. Somebody's got to come up with the money to make it. And, uh, that's Hollywood, right? I don't think anybody really wants to do that. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Oh, so you yeah. asked a while ago, what am I doing now? What are you doing now? I was doing the collected, right. but okay. I just found out yesterday it's in default. It I is know, really. gone. You it's know, it was. Fu- it's funny because um, when we first started talking about it, my agent in New York Matt Kaplan at Paradigm, he said, uh, so there's this movie that collected and here's the script. Take a look to see what you think of the father and uh, the guy. And I read it and I really liked it. And I said, yeah, I really like it, but I got this fundraiser kind of thing down at the Carnegie Science Center on the fourth, because he told me they're starting date shoot dates, you know, in Atlanta, and I said I I got this thing that I agreed to do a long time ago on the fourth. On the fifth, I'm to fly to L.A. and do the Beyond Fest on the sixth, and then Trick is now opening on the ninth in L.A. And they want me to stay and they'll pay for the room in the Roosevelt for the time between beyond fest and uh, and trick there you go then I have to go to Birmingham so for a, a two day gig uh, that also was uh, so if the collective can work around the stretch of dates mm-hmm. from the fourth to the 13th of October, I'm tickled, count me in, I'm happy to jump in there. So we did. And they said, yes, we can do that, we can work around that. um... So I went down late September and shot the ending. We shot the ending. It was a 12-page sequence, it's a horror movie, it's a big denouement. evil and the good and coming to some kind of a yeah they're really good if groups. it ever gets done you'd have to see it i, I would love to, to. the to, first two are great too but so we went i went and i shot my part of that 12 page sequence and then i came home and did all of the things i had to do and i was supposed to go back on the 13th but then i get word from my agent matt who said You know, not too long after you did your work, they got shut down because they had an issue between them and uh, SAG over the bond, Uh, I guess, the finance, I don't know. A lot of behind-the-scenes shit in showbiz, huh? Oh, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you never a, know. It always gets complicated, yeah. and it's always about money. It's always. And that's, and but thank God for my union, SAG. I I belong to three unions. I love all of them, yeah. equity and NAFTA and SAG. Cool. And the um, I just found out yesterday, uh, I called a uh, SAG rep in Atlanta and said, what's up? with the collected and she said they we just found out today they are in default so but don't worry we'll uh, we'll get your money
0: well, well, for you well
1: good we, for you we'll make sure you all get i said yeah because i know my agent reps me and the other two Leads in the movie, the good guy and the evil guy.
0: Yeah. Well, good for you. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that it's not getting. Or does that mean it's? Does that mean it's definitely not getting? Well, good, or is I, that like I, limbo? but then
1: I talked to Matt later in the day, my age, and, and he said, um, "Yeah, they didn't have a clean chain of whatever the hell I don't know any what had The paperwork yeah. it was not right, and they did not. Anyway, whatever. they were supposedly going to." submit the correct paperwork and yesterday and hope to get back into and to hope to resume production
0: I hope it gets worked out maybe you never know all
1: right yeah me I'll, too we'll look for it me too it's a I'll good keep you updated. it's a good story good script and uh, I hope they can work it all out and we can uh, shoot it and you get to see it yeah I hope I hope so yeah. too man Anything else besides that in the works? No. No? Uh
0: You you do it at this point because you want to, not because you have to, right? So you just
1: (laughs) go do what you like. I was just telling Mary that in an email today, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love making movies. I love making TV. I do not love making theater anymore. It's not... It's too much of a grind, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. It always has been too much of a grind, but when you're younger and you're doing it and you you love it, and then it's not a grind, but it it uh, it's never paid. Mm-hmm. Not unless you're the lead in a, a hit musical on Broadway, then you get paid good money. Yeah. But if you're not, you don't. Right. And uh, that's for the birds. <laughs> it's like I I. Um, I, um, the last, the last thing I did in, here in Pittsburgh, I think was in 13, t- 2013, 14, 15, somewhere in there. Yeah. And it was um, the Chief for the last time and Scrooge, I think a year later for the last time. And I did the Chief 10 years and Scrooge 8 years and... I my, think my favorite year in all of theater was in 2013, I think it was, where I did in uh, early on, the uh, first show of the season at The Public was, um, I played the stage manager in Our Town. I had always wanted to do that. Ted Pappas said, "Let's do that," and so it was like my Lear. I don't care about Lear, but I I cared about playing that. Good. That was wonderful fun. And then after that, I did um, um, Scrooge in a musical Christmas Carol for the eighth time. I heard that's great. And then after that. I did uh, in January, the chief. Good for you, man. Yeah, yeah. See, so have fun. That's that, cool. Oh, uh, that was wonderful. Yeah. Really was wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what I did want to
0: ask you: What you you live in Pittsburgh now? You're back here. What what brought you back here from Hollywood
1: or wherever? You I just that? wanted to get away from uh, L.A. for a year. Yeah. In and in a, a marriage that I didn't want any part of anymore, but we kept getting back together again and back, separating back together and then finally, we'll I if, I, if I go far enough away, I can't uh, take her out to dinner and get back together again. There so, you go. So well, then, uh, the rest is history. I came here and met a whole new life, a new wife, a son, and, uh, my only child. Um, That's great, man. Yeah. So you love it here. I do. Do people
0: recognize you?
1: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Is that cool for you? You know what cracks me up, though. Yeah. People like Margaret and uh, Janice and Tom, the Kennedys, and uh, Jay and Karen Sosinski, Um They're friends, mm-hmm. and but they and they know I'm an actor. Yeah. They know I'm. Somehow in the back of their mind, they realize that I have made a living at it Mm -hmm. for 50 years. But they are stunned when people recognize me from, you know, Halloween 3. If we're out somewhere and they go, oh man, I loved you in Halloween 3. Oh my God, Dr. Charles was so great. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and and they they, it's like they can't. Yeah, and I know Margaret, you know, right. you wanting to do this and and uh, yeah, she totally didn't get it. I really know. She, it's just so I funny. Know. Yeah, and that's and the disrespect. Right, yeah, uh, uh, that that cracks me up. I bet. people recognizing me doesn't crack me up. I expect it, and now you know it's still it happens. That's cool, man. Yeah, sure. Good man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we were all in Portugal. Me and Tom, and Jan, my Jan, and Jay and Karen, and we were in a restaurant in Sinta, uh, Sintra, just outside of Lisbon. In uh, the the whole wait staff went uh, Baneros because I was there. Awesome. And they and what was wonderful was we had a big dinner and we're, drinking a lot of wine. Yeah. And and they waited until the last customer had left except our table, and then the head waiter came over and said, you know he did. and I said ah, oh. he made some kind of a comment about something. Cool. And I said. Yeah, I, I am. I am in the movies. Of course you are. And you are Tom Atkins. And you did this. <laughs> and what? you did that. That's amazing. And, and I said, and yeah, and Drive Angry with Nicholas. And Mr. Cage sat right there two years ago. But he was not. No way. Not like you, Mr. Atkins. Atkins. So the entire staff came out of the kitchen and the back rooms, and we took pictures together, and that's great. And laughed, and I did a little video for his mom.
0: No way, He was man. a
1: big fan. Oh, sure, yeah, on his phone. That's yeah so rad. Yeah, yeah. Good for yeah. you, man. you got to appreciate yeah. those moments and have fun with them, right? Oh, I
0: do. I do appreciate them. And I know they appreciate them. Yeah, that means a lot. Yeah. Good, man. Well, I don't want to keep you here for too much longer, brother. I'm just going to ask you a few more questions. At any point, you can just yell, stop it, into the microphone repeatedly. Like at the stop end of- it! I- yeah, if I'm killing you too much. But Halloween 3. What did, Are you a... Uh, are you a fan of uh, horror movies yourself this no. time of year? No. No, you don't watch them? You don't do, that's
1: cool. No. I kind, of
0: ex- I kind of expected that, not, you know, not, no pre-judgment, mm-hmm. but uh,
1: that's, it, that's interesting. I like making them. Yeah. I love the original Frankenstein movies and Bela Lugosi movies from the 40s. Yeah. And the late 30s, I, I love them. I loved uh, Howard Hawks' uh, sci-fi the original The Thing. Um, not John From Carpenter's another world. Um, with James Arnest, 1951. I love that. It's one of my favorites. Uh, uh, you like the old, the but classics. the new, new ones? Eh, not so
0: much. I don't. I don't go to them. I agree with you. Yeah. What about uh, music? Do you Do you listen to music? Do you have a favorite type of music? I like jazz. Do you like jazz? And symphonies.
1: Jazz, yeah. Oh, man. And Mahler's wow. second. The classic rock. The Mahler second. Classic oh. rock, I I I listen to every kind every kind of music, but uh, like growing up, jazz you? is my favorite. Classical symphonies are favorite. I'm not all that keen on opera. No. Though I was in an opera. Were you? I did. I was. Yeah. Tom Atkins in uh, an opera. That's new. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I'll tell you, I'll yeah. tell you that story. Um, I'm not that keen on country music, no. yeah. but uh, jazz, yeah. oldies, uh, you know. Well, I guess was
0: thinking, working and growing up, being young in New York in the 60s and 70s, you had potential to see I a had lot of really Beatles cool in, music. I had the Beatles there yeah. in the 60s. Did you see them? No. No. Did you see any cool concerts? I or saw like
1: uh, Dylan, Bob Did Dylan. You? Yeah. Uh huh. That's awesome. In a place called Tortilla Flats, <laughs> nice down in the village in, the in uh, Greenwich. In, yeah, in on the edge of the village in in uh, New York. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really that's, he was, that's uh, something
0: special, man. folk guy. Yeah, yeah. He's still doing his thing. He'll be uh-huh. here in like a next month. Yeah, he month. is. So he is. He
1: was. Uh, he might eat kale salads too. He was brand new then, pretty pretty brand new. Yeah. Yeah. I saw uh, James Taylor up at Jacob's Pillow. In a, it's a, a place uh, in, in in natural. It's got it's got a stage. It's got uh, chairs down front. But then there it's a bo- a hill, a bowl. You know, of grass. Uh, mm-hmm. People sit all up in the grass and stuff. Pretty cool, man. I heard him. I can't say it on this podcast, but. Uh-huh but it was, uh, there it off was a, a typical Jagoff uh-huh. in chairs down front and uh, before Dylan would get to the end of a song the Jagoff is going, play what and play here to you play this one baby. and finally Taylor just stopped and said I ain't no Jukebox. It's a cool memory of James Taylor to have. And then the kid shut up, and he—he he was still a jago, but he yeah. was a quiet jago. A quiet jago. Did that. <laughs> and <laughs> there's always one. Taylor played his uh, music. Yeah. That, yeah. A lot of good memories of Williamstown and.
0: That's cool, man. And. Uh... I like uh, I like seeing you out doing the events, man. And uh, last thing I did want to ask you to kind of bring it back full circle, you know, and um, making all these movies in the '80s. And you came back. We screened Halloween 3 at the Science Center at that big on that big screen, just like the last month. How about that? That was amazing. And uh, that that turned out. Like, there was a girl that was five years old that was next to me in a Halloween 3 pumpkin mask, like cheering. Really? That was amazing. Like just seeing that. Just the best, you know. <laughs> and it was sold out. And you mentioned that you watched it with your son for the first time, man, and I just want yeah, to ask, yeah, well, yeah. He had never seen, it. and he he had never seen it, and I just want to ask what he thought and like what was that like for you? Was that you know? I bet that was
1: Pretty I, it cool. It was really nice. Any time I get to spend with him, i uh, I love being with him. That's awesome, and, man. But he is uh, he's uh, kind of reclusive. He's not. I don't see a lot of a lot of him. Not nearly as much as I would like to. But he lives over there in Greenfield, n- okay. where my wife is from, in his grandma's house. He's buying his grandma's house. She died a couple of years ago. So he's uh, he's nearby. He's not far away. I was thrilled that he came to that thing and that we got to watch it together.
0: Yeah. I, just, I think those, you know, the, he
1: liked it. Enough, yeah, I don't know.
0: That's cool, though. Just, yeah. you know, those full circle yeah. type of moments and horror can bring you closer together is a... Yeah. His family and his people. Yeah,
1: That's, yeah. It's a know. kind of a family movie. Yeah, yeah. Halloween yeah. three. Halloween three. Yeah, I think monsters was, and robots and killer killer robots. Yeah, and your yeah. your dad shacking
0: up with cool hot women oh, and drinking oh, beer. Yeah, I know. That's great, man. Here's a
1: little tidbit from um, Halloween three. My wife that I uh, divorced. Uh, my first wife, Garn Stevens, was in the motel room right next door to me and Stacy Nelkin. Uh, that was so <laughs> real, bizarre. I bet. She was up there getting her face eaten off by the the the, the laser beam, uh, or whatever. A mishap. Yeah. Is that what they call misfire. it? A misfire. Misfire. <laughs> a chip yeah. with the chip. Misfire. <laughs> yeah. That destroyed her. Oh mosquitoes my God. In yeah, the most grotesque and awful way. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and there's me and Stacy next door. Where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? That's a stupid question, Miss Grimbridge. And cut to oh, me getting up in my bare ass, pulling my pants up. Because there was a, a knock on the door. Oh no! Uh, oh no! Yeah, no. Because they were taking her away.
0: Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> right. And you went to investigate. Yes, I'm a doctor. That was strange and then you, you saved strange. the world you saved you saved all the kids in the I did. world basically we did
1: we did you can rest assured yeah none of them died yeah we're going to yeah that's yeah. what we're going to leave yep. this yep. with this yep. Tom Atkins. got that third and final channel taken off the air yeah and he still cares about the youth today
0: and he saved the world saved the kids back then too Mr. Atkins it was, God bless the young people of today I bless you. This was a pleasure, man. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you, Zach. You're welcome, man. Anytime. It was good time. Anything I could ever good do Good fun. You. Thank you so much. You're welcome, brother. That's it, man. We're good. Thanks, man. Honestly, man, that is honestly a pleasure for me. I can't thank you enough. That was a lot of fun.